Canto 10, Chapter 51 The Deliverance of Muchukunda Sri Shuka said, Seeing him coming out of the city, like the rising moon, most beautiful to behold, with a dark complexion, a yellow silk garment, the Srivatsa on his chest, the brilliant Kashtuba gem decorating his neck, his mighty long forearms and eyes as pink as newly grown lotuses, his always effulgent, clean, joyful smile to his beautiful cheeks, his lotus-like face and the display of his shark-shaped earrings, he, Kala Yavana, thought, this person indeed, with the Srivatsa, the forearms, the lotus eyes, wearing forest flowers and with a great beauty, must be Vasudeva. Considering the marks as mentioned by Narada, he, going there without weapons on foot, can be no one else. I shall fight him without weapons. The Yavana, in pursuit, thus decided to catch up with him who had turned his face and fled away, he who is unattainable even for Mr. Gyogis. With every step, seeming to be within the reach of his hands, the Lord led the leader of the Yavanas over a great distance to a mountain cave. In his pursuit, he insulted him with words like, Fleeing does not behoove someone like you born in the Yadu dynasty. Yet he whose mischief had not found its end could not get hold of him. Despite being insulted this way, the Supreme Lord entered the mountain cave. The Yavana followed him but saw another man lying there. And now, after leading me over such a long distance, he lies here like a saint. Thus erroneously thinking that the man was a chuta, he struck him full force with his foot. The man woke up after a long period of sleep and slowly opened his eyes. Looking around in every direction, he saw him standing at his side. O descendant of Bharata, with the glance the angered man cast on him, he was instantly burned to ashes by a fire that was generated from within his own body. The Honorable King Parikshit said, Who precisely was that person, O Brahmin? Of which family was he, and of what powers? Why had he retreated into the cave to sleep, and from whose seed was that destroyer of the Yavana born? Sri Shuka said, He is known as Muchukunda. He was born in the Ikshvaku dynasty as a son of Mandata. He is a great personality devoted to the Brahminical order and someone true to his vow in battle. On the request for help of the gods headed by Indra, who were terrified because of the Asuras, he for a long time was of service to offer them protection. After having secured Guha as their guardian of heaven, they said to Muchukunda, O king, please desist from the difficult task to protect us. Forgetting all your personal desires, you, O hero, with abandoning a kingdom in the world of man, have removed those Asura thorns for our protection. Your children, your queens and your other relatives, ministers, advisers and subjects do not live anymore. Time has swept them away. The supreme, inexhaustible lord of control is the time itself, more powerful than the most powerful, who, playing a game of herdsmen and flock, sets the mortal beings in motion. 
We wish you all good fortune. Please choose today any benediction from us, except for the boon of liberation that can only be conferred by the supreme, inexhaustible Lord Sri Vishnu. He, who for his great fame thus was addressed by the demigods, respectfully saluted them and entered a cave to enjoy the sleep the gods had granted him. After the barbarian was burned to ashes, the Supreme Lord, the great hero of the Satvatas, revealed himself to sage Muchukunda. He, as dark as a cloud, was clad in a yellow silken garment, carried the Srivatsa on his chest and the brilliant Kaushtuba gem that radiated. With his four arms and the beautifying Vajayanti garland, with his attractive calm face and glittering shark-shaped earrings, with his affectionate smile appealing to all mankind and his glance, with his youthful, handsome form, his noble gait and his fire that was like that of a lion, he formed an appearance of an overwhelming effulgence. Facing this unassailable splendor, he, who was highly intelligent, filled with awe, hesitantly posed a question. Sri Muchukunda said, Who are you to join with me in the wilderness in a mountain cave, while you, with your feet, that are like the petals of a lotus, walk the thorny ground? Maybe you are the Supreme Lord, the origin of all empowered beings, or else the god of fire, the sun god, the moon god, the king of heaven, or perhaps a ruler from another planet. I think you are the leading godhead Vishnu among the three principal demigod personalities, Brahma, Shiva and Vishnu, the greatest one, for you dispel the darkness of this cave like a lamp with its light. O most eminent among all men, if you like, please describe truthfully for us, eager to hear, your birth, activities and lineage. We from our side, O tiger among men, are descendants of Ikshvaku, a family of Kshatriyas. I myself was born from the son of Yuvanashva and am called Muchukunda, O Lord. Because I remained awake for a long time and my fatigued senses were overwhelmed by sleep, I, for my comfort, lay down in this solitary place. Then I was awakened by someone. That person, because of his sinful mentality, turned to ashes. Immediately thereafter, I then saw your good self so glorious, O chastiser of the enemies. Because of your unbearable effulgence, we, being diminished in our faculties, cannot behold you, O most gracious one, you deserve it to be honored by all embodied beings. Thus being addressed by the king, the supreme lord and origin of the entire creation replied with a broad smile, using words rumbling as deep as the clouds. The supreme lord said, There are thousands of my births, activities and names, my dear one. Limitless as they are, they cannot even be enumerated by me. Sometime, after many lives, one may succeed in counting all the dust particles of the earth, but that will never be accomplished with my qualities, activities, names and births. Not even the greatest sages enumerating my births and activities, which take place in respect of the three aspects of time, O King, can reach the end. Nonetheless, O friend, just listen to what I have to tell you about my current birth. In the past, I was beseeched by Lord Brahma to secure the Dharma and destroy the demons 
who constituted a burden to the earth. Thus I descended into the Yadu dynasty in the home of Vasudeva, and because of that fact the people call me Vasudeva, the son of Vasudeva. I killed Kalanemi, as also Kamsa, Pralamba and others, who were hateful with the virtuous souls. This Yavana, O king, was burned by your scorching glance. I, the one person caring for the devotees, approached this cave for the sake of favoring you, for in the past you have often prayed for it. Tell me what blessing you want from me, O saintly king. I will fulfill all your wishes. Any person who has satisfied me will never again need to lament. Sri Shuka said. Thus being addressed, Muchukunda bowed down to him and spoke. Knowing he was Narayana, the original godhead, he, filled with joy, remembered the words of Garga. Sri Muchukunda said, Man, being cheated by your bewildering potency Maya, O Lord, is not of worship for you. Not understanding the true purpose of life, he, whether he is male or female, seeking his happiness, gets entangled in household affairs that make him unhappy. The person, who somehow or other in this world attains the rarely obtained highly evolved human form of life, and not an idle animal form, O sinless one, will, with an impure mind, not be of worship at your lotus feet, and like an animal be fallen in the blind well of his home. O unconquerable one, I thus have wasted my time with building a kingdom and acquiring opulence. All of this is now gone. Intoxicated like an earthly ruler who mistakes his mortal frame for himself, I suffered endless anxieties. I got attached to children, wives, riches and land. Minding this body, which is a confinement like a pot or a wall, I thus thought myself to be a god among men. Surrounded by chariots, elephants, horses, infantry and generals, I travelled around on this earth, but, in my great pride, I never seriously regarded you. Forgetful about what needs to be done, hankering for sense objects and endlessly ruminating with an ever-growing greed, one is suddenly placed before you, who are as attentive as a hungry snake licking its fangs to kill a mouse. The same vehicle of time, the body which first was called the king, riding in chariots furnished with gold or on fierce elephants, is unavoidably in the course of time named feces, worms and ashes. Full circle, having conquered the directions, without further conflicts, being seated on a throne and praised by rulers alike, the person in his home is led about like a pet animal, while deriving his happiness from intercourse with women, O Lord. Reaching in that situation for having more than others, he, by strictly avoiding pleasures, performs his duties with penance, but thinking of himself as, I am mightier, I am my own master, he, whose urges are so pronounced, cannot attain happiness. When the wandering person reaches the end of his material existence, he, O infallible one, may find association with those who are good and honest. With that good company, thereupon, devotion unto him will develop. He, who is the lord of the higher cause and lower effects, for pious souls is the only goal.
O Lord, I think that with the spontaneous disappearance of my attachment to my kingdom, you have shown me your mercy. For that is what the saintly rulers of endless stretches of land pray for when they enter the forest in want of their solitude. I do not desire anything else but to be of service at your feet, for they are, to those not desiring a material life, the object of desire, the boon that is sought, O Almighty One. Which faithful man of worship for you, the bestower of the path of emancipation, O Lord, would choose as a boon for that which causes his bondage? Therefore, O Lord, entirely putting aside the worldly blessings because of which one is entangled in the modes of passion, ignorance and goodness, I approach you, the original person of pure knowledge, who, free from mundane designations and duality, are transcendental to the modes. Tormented by disturbances, I, for a long time, was full of sorrow being distressed in the world. With my six enemies, the senses and the mind, never being satisfied, there was no way to find peace, O bestower of the shelter. Please, O Lord, protect me who, facing these dangers, O Supreme Soul, has approached your lotus feet, the truth that is free from sorrow and fear. The Supreme Lord said, O great King, Emperor of all, you have a pure and capable mind, for, even though you were tempted to ask for benedictions, you were not spoiled by desires. Please know that I tempted you with benedictions in order to ascertain whether you are free from bewilderment. The exclusively to me devoted intelligence of the Bhaktas is never diverted by material blessings. Those who, not devoted to me, occupy themselves with breathing exercises and such, did not diminish their material desires, O King, so that one sees that their minds again assert themselves materially. Wander this earth at will, and may there, with your mind fixed on me, for you thus always be an uninterrupted devotion unto me. Following the Dharma of the ruling class, you have killed living beings when you were hunting and with other actions. That sin you should now uproot completely by fully immersing yourself in penances with me as your shelter. In your birth, following this one, O King, you, becoming a supreme well-wisher to all living beings, will be a fine Brahmin and attain me for certain.'